Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Christ is alive. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, Grand Varian, Two County Cooperative Parish friends and family, uh, we welcome you here to our service, our 11 hour morning service uh, for Easter Sunday today. It is a pleasure to join you and your families as we celebrate Easter. Though we're not together in one sanctuary, we are certainly bound together in and by the Spirit of Christ and the body of our Lord. Again, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Christ is arisen. He's alive! He's alive! He's alive! We celebrate this Resurrection Sunday together. Let us begin with prayer. Lord God, we thank you for the gift, Lord, of salvation that you provided for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for bringing us together again in spirit and in truth on this Resurrection Sunday. We thank you, Lord God, that we have an opportunity yet and again to celebrate the work that Christ has done for our salvation on this day. We pray, Lord God, that you, Lord God, will speak to our hearts, Father, through your word, through the music, Lord God, through your message. And Father God, that which we feast upon today in this service, may we walk it out, Lord God, in the weeks to come. That's our prayer this morning, and we thank you again for this opportunity to serve you together in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. And amen. Our call to worship this morning, I will ask our lay leader here at Granbury, Robin Humlin, to uh, respond with me as we read the call to worship. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who died. For this perishable body must put on imperishability, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When this perishable body puts on imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Amen, amen, amen. I invite you to uh, just sit in quiet meditation as we hear the names read for those that we as the body of Christ here are praying for this morning. Mildred, Jacob, Bobby, Jackie, and Judy's sister. Jimmy from Bethel United Methodist Church. Maurice, Anne's husband, Ken. The Robertson family, and especially Danny. Heavenly Father, you have heard the names, Lord God, called out to you that need your very special touch, care, and attention this day. We're asking you, Lord God, to manifest yourself mightily, as we always do, Lord God. Intervene on their behalf, Lord God. Touch them, strengthen.
strengthen them, comfort them, Lord God. Raise them up, Lord God, that they may continue to give you glory, honor, and praise through their lips and most importantly, through their lives. We continue to pray, Lord God, against, Lord God, the uh, COVID-19 virus. Praying, Lord God, that you continue to show us that you are hearing and answering our prayers as we observe, Lord God, cases, numbers of cases, Lord God, Father God, decrease, Lord God, in certain intensive areas, Lord God. Yet we do see a rise, Lord God, in rural, Lord God, areas. We still, Lord God, pray in faith, knowing that you, Lord God, have yet got the answer. You have the cure, Lord God. Father God, you've got the remedy. And our eyes are fixed on you, asking you, Lord God, also, Lord God, to keep in your protective care, Lord God, those that are first responders. We're praying, Lord God, that you continue to lead, Lord God, guide and direct the leaders of our nation in all fields, Lord God, from the president, Father God, to his health uh, care team, Lord God, his COVID-19 team, Lord God, asking you, Lord God, to give them, Lord God, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding that they need in this time to lead us through this pandemic season. We thank you, Lord God, and bless you, Lord God, that as, Lord God, we saw, we bear witness to the resurrection of Christ after his death. Lord God, we're looking forward, Lord God, to our new beginning as a nation, Lord God, after you, Lord God, have released us from this virus. We pray this prayer, Lord God, with thanksgiving and with praise, O oh God. And we end with the prayer that our Lord has taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us, Lord God, our debts as we forgive our debtors. Father God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. In Christ's name we pray and we give you thanks. Amen, amen, and amen. This morning, as we celebrate this day, this great day, this high and holy day of the resurrection of Christ, Easter Day, we are celebrating in song and in word, in word and in song. You will be blessed by hearing a lesson and songs read by members of our five churches and the songs will be songs that have been chosen especially to help us worship this Sunday. Our scripture readings will come from John 19, 28, verses 28 through 42, and Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Those are the scriptures that will also be reflected in our message this morning entitled, Hallelujah, He is Risen. Hi, this is Crystal Manning from Cascade United Methodist Church. The scripture I'm reading today is John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. After this, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was a set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it 
to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. That ends the message that I was asked to, or scripture I was asked to recite today. I hope everyone has a safe and blessed Easter, and may God bless you. James Anderson from Anderson Chapel. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that the legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. He did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there, was, there came blood and water. He who saw has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you may also believe. For well, these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his legs will, was, will be broken. John 19, verses 38 through 42. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was a Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. I will be reading from Matthew, the 28th chapter, the first through the sixth verses. This is from Granbury United Methodist Church in Martinsville, Virginia. After the Sabbath had dawned on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. This is Mildred Cruz from Granbury Methodist Church, reading from Matthew, the 28th chapter, Verses 7 through 10. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried from the house, from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me.
Oh, we thank the Lord for this service. This this, this uh, service in lessons, a word, and in song. And I want to thank, take a moment and thank again our readers for this morning. Crystal Manning from Cascade UMC. James Anderson from Anderson Chapel. We want to thank Debbie Bliss from Ridgeway United Methodist Church. Jeff Hensley, who is a supporter of Granbury United Methodist Church in Method and Mildred, who is a member of Granbury United Methodist Church. And once again, I want to thank the coordinator of our music for today, Robin Hammond. Amen, amen, and amen. Would you please bow your heads with me for a moment of prayer as we prepare our hearts to receive the word of God, the message of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, again for bringing us into this day. We thank you for all that has taken place thus far. And now we simply ask you, Lord God, to open our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, touch our hearts, Lord God, through the word, Lord God, that you wish to speak to us today, through the message, Father God, from your holy word. We pray, Lord God, that these words that we hear, Lord God, will be, Lord God, so implanted in our hearts and in our minds that they are manifested in the way that we live our life in the weeks to come. This is our heart's cry. In Christ's name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. This is it. Beloved of the Lord, this is the day that the Lord has made for us, his children, his beloved ones. This is our day of victory. This is the day of rejoicing. This is the day of celebration. This is the day of conquer and conquest. This is the day that is like no other day on our calendar. There's no other event in history like that which took place today. There's no other religion like our religion in the world. There's no other reason for joy like this in our lives. Why? Because Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. I like what theologian Hanegraaff had to say about Jesus' resurrection. He said the resurrection is not merely important to the Christian faith. Without it, there would be no Christianity. It is the singular doctrine that elevates Christianity above all other world religions. Through the resurrection, Christ demonstrated that he does not stand in a line of any earthly peers. Not in a line with Abraham, Buddha, or Confucius. He utterly is unique. He has power not only to lay down his life, but to take it up again. Let's review again what we've heard read earlier. Let me review for you. Let me read in your hearing one more time. Simply the verses, verses 5 through 9 from the Gospel of Matthew. Verses 5 through 9. But the angel answered and said unto the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, 
who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where our Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they, the women, went out quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy and ran to bring his disciples the word. And as they went, as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and they worshiped him. They worshiped him. But before this glorious day happened, there were some other experiences that Jesus had and that we need to be reminded of one more time. We need to be reminded that our Lord suffered. We need to re be reminded that he was condemned and that he was crucified and then buried in the tomb. Hear these words from Luke chapter 23, verse 33. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Frederick, uh, for, for, I always have trouble with this last name, uh, Frederick Farrer, uh, another theologian, said this, one thing is clear, the first century executions, we know, we know, we know, were not like modern ones, for they did not seek a quick, painless death or the preservation of any measure of dignity for the criminal. On the contrary, they sought an agonizing torture, which completely humiliated him. And it is important that we understand this, 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 for it helps us to realize the agony of Christ's death. One of the reasons that I appreciate and recommend us watching the passion of the Christ in this season is because it helps to raise up before us, to present to us, to make it plain to us the level of agony, the intensity of agony of Christ's death. That movie makes it so real. Long before Jesus was scourged and beaten and abused and humiliated and crucified, the prophet Isaiah wrote of this in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 12. Just bear with me, please, and, and let us listen to these words one more time. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this word from Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12. Who has believed our report, and to whom it has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. 
He is despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. For he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. And we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement, he was, he was, he bore it. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. And yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as sheep before its shearers, he was silent. He opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. And yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put on him our grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he has poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. Let's go back and just, just meditate for a quick moment on the key words in this passage, from this passage. Despised, talking about the suffering that our Lord endured. Rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Smitten by God, pierced, crushed, chastised, wounded, oppressed, slaughtered, cut off, stricken, bore anguish poured out his soul unto death. Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, endured all of this to display the love, the compassion of God the Father, to deliver us from eternal suffering and death, to deal with God's requirement for a perfect sacrifice, to pay the price for our sins. Praise God for that truth. Praise God for that sacrifice. Praise God that that's not the end of the story. No, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus paid. He paid the price for our sins. Yes, he drank the entire cup of God's wrath so we would not have to. Yes, 
the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Yes, he was and is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yes, he suffered and suffered greatly. Yes, he died and died cruelly. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, he was laid in a borrowed tomb. But again, that's not the end of the story. The angel's declaration says, it says it all in verse 5. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. But he's not here. He's not here. He is risen as he said. As he said. This moment, this declaration, this earth shattering, death shattering, demon destroying truth is the crowning fulfillment of God's promise all from all the way back to the Garden of Eden, where he told, where, when he told Satan, I will put enmity, hostility, open hostility, between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. That wasn't some empty threat. It was the first pronouncement of the gospel plan that has always been in the heart of God for the people of God. This was the first gospel. Because of his great love for us, God's plan for all eternity has been provided from and with and through his son for our salvation. 1 John 3 and 8 says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the work of the devil. Charles Wesley's hymn, great hymn, And can it be that I should gain, has this line in it, Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Jesus is alive and has conquered death. Jesus is alive and has conquered sin. Jesus is alive and has conquered Satan. John Piper, another contemporary theologian, says it this way. When Christ died for our sins, Satan was disarmed and defeated. The one eternally destructive weapon that Satan had, he was stripped of. It was taken from Satan's hand. Namely, Satan's accusation before God that we are guilty and should perish with him. When Christ died, that accusation was nullified. All those who entrust themselves to Christ will never perish. Satan cannot separate them. Satan cannot separate us from the love of God in Christ. Hallelujah, he arose. He arose. Christ arose. But still, that's not quite the very end of this story. There is a coming day, a day when Jesus will return for his children. He promised that it would happen. Matthew 24, 40-44 says this, beginning at verse 40. Two men will be working together in a field. One shall be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day your Lord is coming. Understand this, 
that if a homemaker knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, at all times, for the Son of Man will come when he is least expected. He's not coming back. No, 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 no. Not, not to take good people to be with him. He's not coming back to take religious people to be with him. He's not coming back to take all those who have their names on a church roll to be with him. He's not coming to take back people who only have a head knowledge of him. He's coming back to take his children, only his children, to be with him forever. He will deliver us forever from this sinful world to live with him, to live with him for all eternal eternity. And oh, how we long for that day. He is coming back for those who know him intimately, intimately within their heart, and have seen him and heard him, and who have bowed themselves before him and have repented of their sins, recognized and received him as Savior and Lord of their lives. All who know him in this way today can run like Mary Magdalene and Mary, can run and can shout to disciples and unbelievers. He is risen and he is alive. He is risen. He is risen. Christ has risen today. Bow your heads with me quickly with a closing uh, prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for your word, Lord God, your message and word and song yet again this day. We give you the glory, the honor, and all of the praises, Lord God, for that which has taken place today. I invite you now as our closing act of worship. Uh, you received uh, in the past few days a few items that we ask you to build within your own home, your Easter altar. And I ask you to go to your altar at this time. When you are there, as our first act of worship, as we close our time together this Easter Sunday, I ask you to take your candle, your white candle, your candle that is representative of the light of Christ, the Paschal candle. And I ask you to light that candle. And as you light it, after you light it, I ask you to listen, and then I'll ask you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the light of Christ overshadowed the darkness of sin and death. And it shines again 
brightly. Please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the light of Christ shines again brightly in our homes and in our hearts. I now ask you to replace your candle and let's lift our cups of communion, our cups of the bread and the wine. We're not opening them. We do not open them. But we simply lift them. And I ask you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the cup Jesus shared at his last supper with his disciples. We look forward to sharing this holy meal together again soon. Amen, amen. Now replace your cup on your altar. And now lift your palm, your palm leaf. Begin waving it. Begin waving it like the crowds that followed Jesus into Jerusalem. And repeat after me. Heavenly Father, we wave our palms not in anticipation, but in affirmation. Hallelujah to Christ, our risen King, Savior and Lord. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Hallelujah, Christ is alive. Amen, amen, and amen. Please bow your heads with me for our closing prayer and dismissal. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for all that has taken place this Easter Sunday in honor of your risen Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit that we received as a gift from your Son to us we're asking you that the Holy Spirit rule and reign on the seats of our hearts and empower us to live as Christ's disciples in a richer, more fulfilling, more meaningful way in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. Amen, amen, and amen.